Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. This podcast is temporarily unavailable. We're working on it. Rest assured, we'll be back soon. No, no, no. Wait, wait, don't, don't go anywhere. I'm just kidding. We're really here. But if you were involved in today's registration for Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, you knew from the very beginning exactly what I was talking about. Hi again, everybody. It's Bob. Welcome to episode 28 of the Rise and Run podcast. I'm here tonight with john hey how you doing good john with jack hi with greg hey 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 and with alicia hello gang i'm glad you're here it's good to see y'all what an exciting day to say the least i'll say that's putting it mildly <laughs> yeah i don't i'm trying to put a good spin on this greg i i'm having a hard time um a good spin there's the be patient. You're coming <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. My goodness. I was on at nine forty-five, and I never got off. And I think y'all were too. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Like I mm-hmm. think we were all on together. Let's start with this. If you got in, if you got what you wanted, if you're doing the race that you had your heart set on, congratulations. We feel, I feel good for you. We feel good for you. We're happy that you're going to be able to do that. And, and especially for first timers, uh, I know what a big deal it is to do your first time for anything, especially anything at Disney. Um, if you're a first timer, we'll be here to help you along the journey and we'll look forward to hearing from you and some things maybe you learn along the way that will help out our other listeners. Now, if you didn't get in and get what you want, you've got some company here in this podcast. Uh, How did we do, gang? Let's start. John, how did you do? I got in for the dopey, which I wanted to get in for, and I got my wife in for the 5K. So um, I'm kind of happy. Jackpot. Yes. Uh, speaking of jackpot, Jack, how'd you do? <laughs> well, I barely got into Dopey. I was trying to sign up my boyfriend, David, up for the 10K. And I was open, but he told me to put my name in first. And so I did. And then as I went to go do his, 10K was gone. And then literally after I finished it, maybe a minute or two passed after I completed Dopey went away and I've never been so nervous. I had to go check my email. My hands were sweating, but yeah, yeah I made it. <laughs> Good. Good. Greg. Oh, well, Greg, you're doing a charity bit, right? Correct. Um, no, it was, it was a range of emotions for me today because like I had this like weird, like registration FOMO because, you know, I'm on the list uh, to get my bib for Dopey through give kids the world but I have not been sent an official 
fundraising registration uh, link yet. Because usually oh. with you know with a charity, you know it's a two step process. Yeah. You officially register through the charity, and then once you do that, you know a couple of weeks later, or whatever, Run Disney will send the charity a link for you to register officially on the website. Right. So the fact that I had none of that, that was making me nervous, you know, and giving me this sense of FOMO. And I'm like, you know, should I be part of it? But then obviously with everyone's frustrations, you know, in, you know, the spinning wheel and everything like that, that kind of subsided. But then seeing how quickly everything went away, you know, I just have this like little bit of panic in the back of my head that like, okay, I know I have an email saying that I'm on the list before anybody else asks for it and I should be okay. But, you know, there's like that, that, that little like 1% chance of like, yeah, I, I I really hope it comes true. If not, I'm not going the marathon weekend. So, um, yeah, yeah, but quite 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 the range yeah. of emotions. You're going. I I remember when I first registered with a travel agent. It worked the same way, where you had to let the day pass, and then it was like a day or two later you'd get your registration link from the travel agent. So you'll get it. It it's going to work. Golly, I hope they bring the TA eight uh, TA bibs back. Yeah, my, my contact at Give Kids the World, she kept reiterating uh, via email that they were hoping to have their registration links live on the same day as registration or shortly thereafter. So I'll be curious to see the how long the shortly thereafter uh, will be. I just realized I was remiss in something, and that is I didn't mention that Lexi's not with us tonight. But I know Lexi got in for Dopey, and uh, Lexi was actually trying to help me out, but that didn't work. Not nothing she did, just uh, the timing didn't work right. And finally, Alicia, I'm down to you and me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, you're yeah. a little bit more lucky than I am. Unfortunately, I got nothing, but I'm trying to stay positive and hope that something opens up later. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. It would be pure speculation. I I went through, registered for Dopey, went all the way through, made my payment. This is closed. Nuts. I registered for Goofy. Same result. And at that point, I think, well, Alicia, you got to that point, I think, even earlier. At that point, I sat here wondering, what do I want to do? And I decided, you know, we always joke about just a marathon. But a marathon's a great event. And the Walt Disney World Marathon is a great marathon. So I went through and signed up for that and I got registered for it. So I'll be down there and at least I'll have, at least I'll, I, I will have at least one to go to. Now, you all probably have heard as much as I have on speculation about whether we were kind of shorted entrance today because of the long delay, whether there's a possibility this thing might open again. I promise you, listeners, we don't know. And anything we'd say would be guesswork. But I'm thinking it could happen. I just don't know how it would happen if it did. Whether it would just be a sudden spot, oh, hey, look, Dopey's open again on the uh, site, or would Disney come out and actually tell us that they're opening things up again? I, I have no idea. Any any uh, speculation online? Anybody read anything on the internets? 
I just think what history has showed us before is they're going to, They've opened it every single time, spur of the moment, not always the same races, but they'll change up the race of what opens up. I have an extremely hard time believing that they don't, that they won't open anything up. Well, the, the one that just mystifies me is that the Castaway K5K is closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just makes no sense. I, I have... I registered my wife on the ship one time, and I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Well, it may be wishful thinking on, on my part, but if we hear anything, we'll let you know. In terms of things opening up, I sure hope they do. It's going to be a dogfight, though, if they do. And, and, oh, yeah. I'll, and I'll give you a perfect example. I know our, our friend Ryan Teets is desperately trying to get into the half for wine and dine. And anytime there's an indication that it's open, he always posts on his Instagram stories that within the matter of moments, it closes right back up. So while I'm hopeful that things will reopen I'm an optimistic guy, but I don't want people to get their hopes up that thinking that, oh, there's going to be thousands of bibs that are available, you know, if and when they, you know, reopen things up. So I, I think you just have to stay in the moment and be vigilant to, to try and get it. I go so far that even if they do open a couple thousand, and I think that's unlikely, even if they did, it would still be a dogfight. Well, absolutely. Because, I mean, although... I think something's afoot, but again, I I don't know what it is. And again, like you said before, Bob, we're not a speculation podcast, you know, so we're not going to, you know, float out anything in there that that doesn't have some sort of, of credence to it. But actually going back to Ryan, though, I, I what I love about following his account is that he actually has an Excel spreadsheet of statistics of previous runs. So I'm I'm going through them right now as we're recording here. So he had this whole thing about comparing uh, last year to Marathon Week in 2018, which was the 25th anniversary for the marathon and the uh, fifth anniversary for Dopey. And he says, looking at the stats, that in 2018, over 20,000 people finished the half and the full, and there were over 7,000 dopey participants. Mm-hmm. In 2022, the numbers were considerably less. Right. Ob- you know, for obvious reasons because right. of, you know, coming out of the pandemic and, 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 and such like no that. No international travel. Right. Exactly. He's speculating, and, and I'm directly quoting his Instagram story here. I think they kept the numbers similar to 2022. There is no way the half and the full sold out within an hour or so if over 20,000 people are running. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, obviously, yes, we still are in a pandemic. Yes, there are still, you know, random travel restrictions here, there in terms of the internationals. But... I don't know. I, I I just I hope that there's something else down the line. But again, I don't want to get my hope hopes up. I don't want to get your hopes up. Right. And it's not worth the causing any of us the mental anguish in terms of trying to get to the bottom of this. No. Nope. 
and and we're not going to. So I agree with you. Okay. Well, look, it was, it was a tough day, but, uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll just, uh, we'll pay attention. We'll update you if we hear anything. And again, if you got in good for you. Uh, just to say again, just keep looking back on that website on and off odd times, all other times of the day. You might be surprised. You'll go in, boom, and see that little green dot next to your event, and you're in. Hopefully get in. John, what's that Twitter account that you shared with us today? Uh, it was it had something to do with, with race registrations and, and availability or something like that. Disney race availability. I'll even put a link in the show notes if you want. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely throw that in the show notes. So, yeah. So if you're on Twitter, follow that account. I I. I I know they were updating today of when things sold out, but you know maybe they possibly do some type of alert. You know something does open. They, they do. Out. They so do. We'll, I, oh, they yeah. do. Okay, perfect. But sometimes, like you said, you get that alert. By the time you get back there, the alert's coming back off that. Uh, the other thing I was thinking, Greg, right? if you want to put my cell phone number in the show notes and listeners, if you find something opens up, just give me a call. Sure. Yeah. 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 Anytime, day or night. <laughs> All right. Let's leave it at that. Uh, we got a lot of exciting things. Later on coming up, we got Jack's Lake Sonoma race report, which we put off for a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, please, that's, that's going to be a biggie. Please stay, stay around for that. But before we get there, John, any new reviews? Yeah, we got some more reviews. Uh, some of them really good reviews we got coming in here. Let's see. Let's pull some of them out. SKH314, great podcast to listening to during long runs. I love listening to this podcast during my long runs. You guys are entertaining and make the time fly by during a run, which is a nice bonus. The group has such good chemistry that you feel like you're part of the gang. You are part of the gang, yes. Thanks. We appreciate you. And I appreciate the comment. It's so nice. Awesome podcast. Sewing Disney lover. This is such an amazing podcast. I love listening to this. This inspires me to, this inspires me to want to be keep running. Bob is such a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's my mom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey, you know, I, I meant to say this earlier. Sometimes I, I, I joke around a little bit. Uh, we, in all honesty, in all sincerity, we appreciate the living daylights out of you guys for sending these reviews in. And and we take them to heart. Absolutely. We use them to, uh, to try and make the show better. If there's things that you like, that's what we want to keep doing. And so we just, we love it. We appreciate it. We know you have to go out of your way to do it. And uh, we're very, very grateful. Got another one here. I think Lexi's got a fan club. So go Good. Lex, go Lexi, go. All right. It's from Heidi. Hi there, friends. A long time listener, first time commenter on the Rise and Run podcast. I enjoy tuning in each week to Bob and the Gang. Episode 27, Paris Race Story by Lexi, was interesting. Go listen Go listen if you haven't already. She did a good job with that. We got one also on that uh, other app for Android users, a podcast addict. Podcast addict, great. Schwendo, the gang is very easygoing and full of useful information. They make an hour go by fast and keep me laughing. Great. I was telling the guys, I was telling the gang before the show here that uh, that's a term I've used for a long time. And I, I refer to the, I prefer to the gang as the gang, but when they're not with me and like, I'll get a bunch of uh, 
alerts that there's something going on in the chat group. My wife will ask me who it is. I go, ah, the kids are sending chat text messages again. So you're the kids to me, kids. But you're the gang when we're on the show. You want to do one more, John? Miss Tracy W., great podcast. I look forward to this podcast every week. The group is friendly and engaging. I feel motivated through my earbuds and can't keep that smile from busting out. Oh, nice. doesn't get any better than that. If we make you smile, it's all worthwhile. Yes, it is. I, I realize that rhymes. That was unintentional. but Outstanding. Again, thank you so much. Now, we'll remind you, this is episode 28. Episode 30 is when we'll draw for the ears. And uh, it's important to us that you're, you drop us a review and that you are in either our Instagram account or on our Facebook group page, the Rise and Run podcast Facebook group page. So we, have we ever put pictures of those ears up yet? No. Oh, golly, we need to do that. I believe we were going to. And the moment we were is when Run Disney dropped the race yeah, theme. For oh, okay. <laughs> and I think we were afraid that it was going to get lost in the shuffles. I think that's why okay, we we'll, we have to, we'll look into that. doing that sometime this week. Uh, sometime when Lexi's back. Lexi's still got him. Okay. Uh, we did a bit last week on our favorite non-Disney races. And that got a fair response from the listeners. And uh, I just wanted to highlight a couple of them and get your reaction, gang. Uh, I'll start with Laura, our, our buddy Laura in New York. Laura wants to earn her road apple. How do you earn a road apple, Greg? So you earn a road apple by running not only bird in hand, but also the garden spot half marathon and Harrisburg. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with um, Amish country, whether in Pennsylvania or, or other uh, portions of the country, uh, in this neck of the woods, a road apple is uh, horse manure uh, that falls on the ground, uh, you know, from the Amish horse and buggies. And what's great is in the the event guide for Burden Hand, they actually have a whole page dedicated to how they make the road apple award and clean it up and wow. bronze it and then put it <laughs> onto a plaque and everything like that. So I have a good joke, uh, but, 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 it, but it's not, no, it's you, not a family we, friendly. <laughs> so, so I'll say that for the after dark version yeah, of the, we don't, uh, of the we don't have to podcast. check that explicit block now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, so Greg for the road apple, is that the same race in the same year? Or is it multiple different years? That's a good question. I do not know. I'll have to ask our friend Nate. Uh, he's actually earned two road apples uh, in his lifetime. So uh, I can get an answer to that. But going back to Laura, though, uh, I started to peer pressure her on Instagram. And now I'll do it here on the podcast. Laura, you definitely need to make the trip up. It's a really good time. You'll really enjoy yourself. Not to mention you'll get to hang out with Bob and I and maybe John. Considering I it. Considering it. So. Uh, he's in. Yeah, so. We'd love to see you, Laura. You Not only you, but Aaron from our buddies over at Will Run 4. She says, tell us if you're going because we want to go. Aaron, we're going. Greg and I already have our reservations. And we're going to twist John's arm. He'll go. Amy from Run, Eat, Drink says she thinks it's hilly there. And Amy, that's what I hear too. But I'll bet you it ain't anywhere near as hilly as 
Jeff's run in Atlanta. Am I close, Greg? I would think you're pretty darn close with that. I mean, is it hilly? Yes. But to me, it's more of rolling hills. And I'd say there's really only one doozy of a one. But I mean, I looked I looked at my stats on Garmin. I think it's a total of, I think, 400 feet of elevation. So oh, it's that's not for a half marathon. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's nothing massive. That's not when we hear Jack's race report. She did that probably in a quarter mile. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Our buddy Christy and Christy's in Minnesota. I'm almost positive. Christy, if you're not in Minnesota, I apologize. She says that uh, she had a couple. She said that the best post-race food and wine was at, and I may mispronounce this, Pelly Island, the Pelly Island half. And I had to look it up. It's a Canadian island in Lake Erie. It's just a little island. So that sounds interesting on its face. And it, it goes through a winery, which would explain why it has the best post-race wine. I don't know about food, but food goods too. She had some others. Uh, best costumes are at the Christmas Story House Runs. I think it's a 5K, 10K in Cleveland. The best courses, she had two. And, and these are these are kind of in a category of half marathons that I know of, and I know they're, they're biggies. One's the Detroit Free Press Half, which typically goes from the U.S. to Canada and back. It hasn't the last couple of years. Hopefully it will again uh, the next time they run it, because I know the folks up there love that one. And also, and I've heard very good things about this one, the Indy Mini Marathon in Indianapolis, which I think is right around the time of the Indy 500. That's supposed to be a good one too. Grandma's Marathon up in Minnesota is another one in that category that is one that I've heard of, heard good things about. Our friend Handel Running Past Cancer, Lindsay, she just chimes in that she loves the Space Coast half and full marathon. We'll see you there. I'll see you there. I don't know if anybody's joining me in that one or not. Oh, that's yeah. A good you got you are, me. I'm going to do Are you, it. Jack? Yeah, I'm going to do the fun side. The fun side with all the food and the drinks. Oh my God! When you said Jello shot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know who else that hooked was was uh, was Dean. When I really? Dean Dean signed up for the half, the uh, South half. I don't know if Judy's running that one or not, but Dean is. Yeah, we already have our rooms booked. I'll I'll let you know about that later. Uh, speaking of Dean and Judy, they're next on my list. They love the, the well, I call it the BDR series, the Best Damn Race series. There are a bunch of those, uh, several of them in this area. He says the free beer and free food at the end are always terrific. They're doing one in Safety Harbor, which is really close to me, but I'm going to have to miss that one, gang, because that's in June, and I won't be, uh, I won't be ready for that one. Tom from the Will Run For Gang, he mentioned another one of those uh, marathons slash half marathons, which I think are you know, just, just a notch below the biggies, and that's Flying Pig in Cincinnati. That's that's a destination race that I hear a lot of people saying great things about. Uh, I don't know if Tom does the half or the full, but I, I hear that they're both terrific. And, of course, they love the Shamrock Run in Virginia Beach, which they told us about when they were here with us on the We'll Rise and Run 4 podcast not too many weeks ago. Beach Runner 78. That's my buddy, Megan. I've known Megan online for quite a while. 
she's a lot of fun. I haven't seen her for a couple of years, unfortunately, but uh, I'll catch up with her again. She's down at Disney most of the time. Her favorite, and I knew this, Marine Corps Marathon. There's another one. Marine Corps Marathon, Washington, D.C. There's another one that you hear nothing but good things about. Uh, typically later in October, I believe. And uh, you can you can do it and do wine and dine. They're, I think they're two weeks apart, typically. That's what I'm going to do one of these days, Marine Corps Marathon. It won't be this year. might be next year. We'll see. Maybe the year after. I told Doc again today, I'm running until I'm 100. If you can get me to 100, I'll take it from there. Um, but Megan's done Marine Corps five years running, and I think no end in sight. Uh, and the last one I see here is Run Diz Nerd. I'm not sure who that is. That's the IG handle, Run Diz Nerd. They sound Anybody? so familiar. I, I, you know they, the handle, I say, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Big fan. Yeah, he, we, we we appreciate all his support. Yeah, he lives over in the Central Florida area. He mentioned a couple that I've heard of. Well, one that I've heard of, one that I haven't. The OU OUC Orlando Half. I'm I'm not sure what OUC stands for. It's an acronym, but it's a half marathon in Orlando. I've heard a good thing. And then the Mount Dora Half, which is north of Orlando. You wouldn't think anything in Florida would be named Mount. But uh, the Mount Dora <laughs> half is there. Uh, Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, hey, when Big I, Thunder Mountain. When I went to Disney World in 1974, first time there, on the bus over, they had a cast member with a microphone. Welcome to Walt Disney World. And she goes, on your right, you see Space Mountain. If Space Mountain was a real mountain, it would be the second highest mountain in Florida. Now, turns out that's not true. But it's not far. It's not far wrong. <laughs> the highest peak in Florida, I'm pretty sure, is up in the Panhandle. It's like I don't know. I'm not looking this up. Somebody can fact check me if you want. But I think there's one in the Panhandle just south of Alabama, and it's like I don't know, 250, 260 feet. I know that Space Mountain and the Castle are both under 200 feet because if they were over 200 feet, they would have to have a blinking light beacon on top of them. Right. The FAA would require it and they didn't want to do that. So they're like 199 feet, six inches. Uh, Ron Disney also mentioned the Salem road race in Salem, Massachusetts in September. Same thing that we were talking about with Allie when she was with us last week is the beautiful fall foliage, foliage or foliage. I've heard them both. I'm not sure which one's correct but the pretty colors that the leaves turn. Um, there's a, there's a brewery that sponsors that race. So can't be all bad. Right. <laughs> and, uh, he's also looking to his first space coast. So I'll see you there. Jack will see you there. I'm not sure who else is going to join. Maybe I have to try and twist some arms there too. Oh, a few assorted notes. Um, Hey, we missed a birthday this week. You know, Allie was here last week, and her birthday was the day after the show. And this week, it was Jack's birthday. <laughs> yep, yep. It was a fun birthday. I mean, Lake Sonoma was my birthday gift to myself. It was a dream race, so I had to go big. Go big or go home. <laughs> I have a cute story. I've been going to uh, physical therapy three times a week for my knee, and great crew. Great crew, 1.8 miles from the house. I know it is because I've been able to walk it 
the last couple of days. And I was in there and my therapist, there's, it's a, it's a team. There's, I've seen four or five different therapists. They're all outstanding. I like the fact that they do that because I get a little bit of a different slant from each one and they're all out to help me. And they're, they're very, very helpful, very thorough. But I saw this fellow Neil for the first time. Well, you don't have to be around me long before I come up with an excuse to start talking run Disney. I was probably wearing a t-shirt who knows. Uh, but Neil and I are talking about run Disney and he says, yeah, my wife's a big run Disney fan. And, uh, in fact, we were there, I ran the, the, uh, tower of terror, 10 miler at springtime. I said, Oh, that's great. That's great. Let me give you a card. One of our rise and run podcast cards. Well, I didn't have one. I had to get it for him. The next day I go back, I hand it to him. He goes, yeah, I was telling my wife about it. She says, what's this guy's name? I said, it's Bob. You know what he looks like? Yeah, he's, well, he's tall. I listened to that podcast. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, what are the odds? It's a small world. It's just, I mean, the fact that I happen to live here in Florida, but that we could have been anywhere. And so anyway, oh, the other part that I love about this is Neil's wife's name is Alexandra, but she goes by Lexi. <laughs> so she loves the fact that there's a Lexi on the show. So Lexi, who normally would be here. See, so Lexi, who's Neil's wife, you can be you can be Lexi tonight. Now, next week when our Lexi's here, you'll have to be other Lexi. But anyway, Lexi, we're glad you're listening. Lots of folks are sending in questions for Coach Twig. Chris will be here in two weeks. Keep those cards and letters coming. I'm trying to put them in some kind of order. Uh, that should be an interesting show. A lot of, a lot of you guys do know coach twigs. Uh, those of you who don't are really going to enjoy that. Chris is a great guy and we'll have a lot of fun there next week. I want to talk to, we're going to talk to our friend, my friend Boyd, who ran his, I want to say fourth Boston marathon. Boyd is a very, very interesting and motivational story. You'll want to hear that. Uh, Jeff Galloway is going to join us this summer. I still haven't set up a link for questions for Jeff. And by the way, the JG 13.1 is available for registration now. Good news, boys and girls. I, I found this out earlier, but I wasn't sure if it was official or not. So I didn't want to say anything. Jeff has moved that run from the week before Christmas to the second, third week in March. It's going to be March 18th and 19th in Atlanta, Georgia in 2023. It'll be the next running of uh, the Jeff Galloway race weekend. He's got a 5K and a half marathon. I always encourage listeners, especially those who use the Galloway method, to get there if you can. It's a good time. It's kind of like a family reunion for we Galloway runners. Uh, a lot of folks from Customized Training Plan are there. And I'm hopeful that a lot of the listeners here will join us. It's it's a nice weekend. And the weather should be oh so much nicer. Yes. Because Atlanta December weather is not great. Plus, traveling the week before Christmas is tough on people, too. So we think this will be a lot better. If you're interested, prices are pretty reasonable. I don't know what they are off the top of my head. But I do know they go up on May 1st. Uh, Jack had a birthday. Animal Kingdom's got a birthday coming up. 
uh, golly, it's Thursday or Friday of this week. Is the it's on Earth Day? It's on Earth Day. Yeah, you're right. But I'm not sure which day that is. <laughs> April twenty second. Ah, oh, there you go. Thank you, John. <laughs> They'll be twenty four years old. Uh, Animal Kingdom. Twenty four wow. years. Wow. Yeah, that is a wow, isn't it? Twenty four years. It's been around. Boston Marathon went off on its traditional day, the 18th of April. That is Patriots Day. Uh, 18th of April, the midnight ride of Paul Revere. They've moved it to the first Monday that's closer to there now. It used to always be on the 18th. Now this one just happened to coincide. That was exciting. I don't know if you all got involved in it or not. I got really caught up in in, uh, tracking some folks. I tracked Julian... Chris, Boyd, and Mandy. I don't know if we had anybody else from our little family here who was up in Boston or not. Uh, Chris Turner, a pacer for a customized training plan, was up there, but I don't think Chris is. I don't think that Chris is a listener. Um, I think that might be it. Uh, I've been friends with Mandy for a couple of years, and I'm I'm a big fan too. And I knew that Mandy had her heart set on a 3.30 half. And she really tore up her calf muscles last year at Boston. She had a really, really wicked, I wanted to say it was a class two strain of her calf muscles and uh, took her a while to recover. So 3.30 was a big deal for her. And I'm watching, and I'm watching the little stick figures run along the map from Hopkinton to Boston. And I'm, I'm kind of doing the math in my head. And I'm going, this is going to be close. This is and I'm sitting in my backyard in Florida. And I'm cheering. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and she finished in 329 and a little bit of change. Wow. That's amazing. And That's I think it was awesome. awesome. And like I said to my wife, I said, the difference between a 329 ha- a marathon and a 331 marathon is about four seconds a mile, four, four and a half seconds a mile. But the difference between a 329 and a 331 to the person running it, night and day all the difference in the world. So congratulations to everyone out there who towed the line and uh, ran the Boston marathon. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Bob, like I said, you said it too. I was, how much fun can you have watching stick figures run across your uh, (laughs) computer screen and cheer them on? Yeah. Yeah. I'm cheering for the stick figures. All right, gang, it's time for the race report. I told you we had a special race report for tonight. We've been we've been talking about Jack telling us about Lake Sonoma fifty miler for a while, but what we didn't tell you or Jack, by the way. And we didn't tell Jack either. <laughs> as we've also got our friend and champion and the woman who won this, Brittany Sharpnose with us tonight too. Brittany, welcome. Glad to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me back. Oh gosh, it's so much fun. Um well, listen, we can ask questions, and we probably will as we go along. But you two heroes are the one that <laughs> finished this grueling 50-mile thing, and i just like the two of you to talk about it. I want to know your, uh, like, what what word would you sum up, Jack, your experience with with the 50? Or words or phrase. I'm happy with all of those, but um, what was your experience like? I would sum this race up in what David told me at mile 25 at the halfway point. 
because that was after the big climb. And um, I said, it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. And he said, be a goldfish. <laughs> so if you like the uh, oh, yeah. show Ted Lasso, yes, um, he, yes, yes. he had just introduced that to me during the Lake Sonoma getting ready for it. And um, be a goldfish means you have a 10 second memory. So just kind of wipe that and then keep going. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. And you had to do that. Honestly, you had to do that so much in that race, I feel like. Well, the thing I wish I would have known, but I also, like I've said before, in every race I've ever done, I didn't do any research. So I was training with trekking poles the entire time. And then I met this one lady the day before at the ice cream shop, which, by the way, we saw each other during the race. She's like, ice cream girl. I was like, yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she told me, because uh, I was like, yeah, I've been practicing with my trekking poles. She's like, oh, you can't use trekking poles. So I found that out the day before the race. Oh, no. And I was like, well, this is going to be great. I feel like the odds are already <laughs> against me because I've only ever done one fifty mile before. And I did it in 16 hours and 56 minutes on a 17 and a half hour time frame. So I had to be three hours faster than my first 50. So I was already like nervous and I felt like good training because obviously coach Chris Twiggs helped me go and train within the three months that I had available because I injured myself beforehand but like oh gosh (laughs) wow wow yeah that's an adjustment for sure (laughs) what about you (laughs) um I would sum it up with um I mean I mean like uh, adaptable joy is what I would say I loved it. It was really hard. It was as hard as I was expecting. Um, And then there were some like definitely things that I had to, I was so grateful for my training that I had practiced being adaptable because I had to um, in so many different um, instances during that race. So I think I'm just proud of that. Like I'm really proud of how my mental game, like people have been asking, like, how was it? Was it like 50 miles seems incomprehensible. And I think for me, like it, it was, but you get in that zone where you're like, your body just, your body and your brain take over. But I was so proud of my mental game that day that that was like my number one victory was just how I worked mentally through so many pieces during that race. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was your first 50 miler. Like that's so insanely awesome. And you had it and you were your, you placed first like that's amazing. I, <laughs> yeah. I I actually saw you fly by me because you were going on a major downhill. You flew by me. I was like, ah! <laughs> but you were so in the zone. I think you had headphones in, but it was at around mile 19 and a half ish. It was the hill that I thought was the big hill after the Madrone point aid station. Um, but I was like so excited because after you passed me, I didn't see any girls for a while. And I was like, dude, she's got this. If she's at this point and I can't find any other person that's coming by, she's, she's going to win it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Brittany, I, I love the way I, I think this one is, was on Instagram. You said, Hey, this is only dopey. I've done dopey before. I'm just doing it in one day. and with 10,000 feet of elevation. Yeah, that was actually where this came from. So the reason I chose um, Lake Sonoma, this 50 miler was because um, after Dopey, I was like, I just loved that. I loved the challenge. I loved something different. I loved the different training. I've been road marathon training for so many years that I'm like, I'm just ready. I, I loved getting to just change it up. And so 
um, I talked to my coach like shortly after Dopey. I was like, I need my next challenge. So I took my coach out for lunch this time. And I was like, I'm pitching you something again. And she was like, oh, geez, like, where, where are we going with this? Like, I know where this happened last What time. costume do you want to wear now? Honestly, yeah. Like she was waiting for like, what is she going to throw? And I was like, I want to do like Sonoma 50, which last year I distinctly remember. So North Face sends out um, kind of the race calendar for what they are. Their suggested races are for us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to ever do anything. Um, on that if we don't want to obviously dopey is not on that list um and i remember like it just said ls50 on it last year and i was like i don't what like, what's like what's ls50 i looked it up as 50 mile air and i was like no way <laughs> no way absolutely not that sounds absurd and now here a year later here we are but um coming off of dopey i was like well i did 48 miles in one day i looked it up lake sonoma is technically 48 miles I was like, I could do that in, um, or I did that in four days. I could do it in one day. And that's what I pitched my coach. And she was like, yeah, I think like, I think you're ready to do that if that's what you're excited about. So that's actually where it came from. That's amazing. <laughs> so the, the two of you were, you know, we're just talking a little bit ago about, you know, passing one another in doing research for this interview. I was watching Jack's video on the YouTube channel, Passport to Run, since, you know, we've got a whole episode without mentioning it yet. yet. <laughs> um, but the thing that I was struck by is, I mean, obviously, you know, trail runs are trail runs, but that just, it seemed that portions of that course were extremely narrow. What What is the etiquette on a trail race like that in terms of, you know, passing by someone? Because I have to imagine, Grant, there were, there were some gorgeous views that, you know, that I saw in that video, but also gorgeous enough of views that if you took one wrong step, you could seriously hurt yourself yeah. and, and maybe go tumbling down a hill or something like that. So what is the etiquette, you know, as it relates to something like that? Well, there's probably nobody ahead of you, so I'll go for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I have an answer, but um, I'd love to hear yours, Jack. Well, it's funny because you get into these conga lines when you have – this course was about 90% single track. You only had about two, what was it, 2.4 miles on the road and just a little bit where you had the ability to have multiple people near you. Um, I purposefully did not have my headphones in. And later on, I did it for other reasons, too, um, because I wanted to hear people behind me and ahead of me because I wanted to make sure if someone was going to pass me that I would be like, oh, yeah, go ahead, man. And I didn't want to be at the top of the conga line because then I would be doing the speed. So I had this plan in mind that if I was going to do this, be in the middle of the pack. And then if someone's going slow and there is a moment where there is not like a big drop on the side, there is a good time to pass. Um, And that usually was the case. And sometimes I would break away because what I noticed, and I don't know if you saw this, Brittany, but like this course is known for elites and it's known for, um, quote unquote, a speedy course, which is really funny to say because there's no flat parts. And I don't, you could say it's speedy, sure. But I mean, yeah, but no one was taking pictures. I only saw one guy the entire time taking pictures and I stopped next to him because I was like, this is so gorgeous and beautiful. I wanted to see everything. He's like, this is why we do ultras to see these things. I'm like, yes, that's what I thought. But it's, it's interesting is that everybody is acting like this is the Boston Marathon. And I'm just wanting to enjoy the course and hopefully catch the cutoffs. <laughs> but yeah, what, uh, what were you about to say? Yeah, I think um, this is what I love about the trail world is that it is everybody's just there to help you. Yeah. And everybody's there to like 
um, like, so basically for my first like eight miles, I was kind of hanging on these two guys and they just kept saying like, I would, I would really catch them on the climbs and then they'd just shoot off on the downs. Um, and every time I'd come up to them on the climbs, they'd be like, you're welcome to pass. Let me know whenever. So most of the time people are like, let me know when you're ready to pass. You can kind of gauge, um, whether you're uh, having a stronger moment than someone else or whether you're like, I think we're in the right effort. We're the same effort together. Um, where it does get challenging, but this is, this is what was like so clutch for me, not only in actually this race, but actually all the races I've had this season, um, after dopey. Um, cause I did, I did intentionally a lot of races building up to this race. Um, a lot of, uh, I did a couple trail marathons and a 50 K. Um, but what's cool is most of these races you're and eventually crossing paths with the shorter distance. So we were like, as it was an out and back, you're lapping on the marathoners and they would, everybody would move out of the way for me. It was so nice. Like they could hear me coming and like, there's only a few times where I was like passing on the left, please. And, but most people are jumping on the side and they, every single person cheered and just said like, you're doing amazing or like first female or like you're fifth overall or whatever. (laughs) And that was so clutch because I was needing that juju as I was like in those later miles, never having run that distance before. So, so grateful. I just wish I'm going to say this right now. And I hope I'm putting this out. I hope that one person um, that ran the 50 or the marathon. Here's this, um, those later miles where I'm just struggling and I'm just like, I'm just moving. I'm saying, please, I'm saying thank you so much to everybody that moved out of the way for me and cheered for me. And all I could muster was like a really sad, like thumbs up or like a half <laughs> smile or like a, <sighs> like that's all I could get out. Um, cause I try to, I really do feel like this is a community and I really do try to, um, put those good vibes back out there. I think that's what I love about trail running so much. So I always feel bad when I'm just like in that last little bit where it's taking everything I can muster. So um, I'm putting that all that good juju back out there. And I'm very grateful for everybody that um, cheered as I passed. I totally agree with everything you were saying, Brittany, because everybody on the trails are so extremely nice. And they all have stories, battle stories of other races that if they weren't hurting now, they could tell you a moment when it was really bad for them that you could relate to and tell them how you can get out of it. But um, what I was going to ask you was, what was your struggle mile? Because I had, it's it was the same time. Well, mile or miles. 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 Yeah. miles. <laughs> miles. <laughs> but like, I remember mine for my first 50. This time I had it around the same spot, but it was not nearly as bad. It only lasts for, for maybe like three miles. Which was where? Um, Last time, my first 50, it was around mile 32. And then it happened around mile 31 this time. But it was just, my muscles were tired. And then I had a Gucci. And I was like, oh, peppy again. <laughs> so- awesome. um, I'm I'm happy for you. Mine, uh, yeah, my I had two big moments that um were mentally really challenging. I was really proud of. Um, so I had a full hydration pack. So um I've been racing these marathons this season. I know that a full two-liter pack um in my bladder and then all of my gels in my front pack last me my marathon or my 50k. Um I got really great this season on my fueling and hydration. I just crushed it. And so I was really confident going into this. Like I had planned to um hopefully break the course record was a goal. Um and so what we had done, so I had my full pack for the first marathon and then I had a full second pack. I was ready to just swap out. Like that was my plan was at the eight state or at mile 25 eight station. 
Um, I was just going to get my drop bag, swap packs and go. Um, and I got to mile 25 and, um, my coach and her husband and my husband were there and they were like, your pack didn't arrive. Like your drop bag isn't here. <gasps> we're just gonna, we're going to adapt. And I was like, what? I was so confused because luckily, thank goodness my coach uses the same North face pack that I do. And they happen to have an extra bladder with them. Um, and they just like stocked up all these gels, like not the gels I use. They put, um, electrolytes in my pack, but not what I use. And I was like, and my coach didn't even give me a second to stress about it. She was just like, she just like put the pack on me. And like, she said, um, we're just going to adapt. It didn't arrive. We're going to adapt. This is what you do in training. And I was like, okay, like, this is why I train with different gels. This is why I train with different, um, just all those scenarios that come up, I train for it. And so I was like, okay, no problem. But the problem was I trained with like double the amount of sodium in my pack, in my oh. bladder. So by the time, so I was killing it. Then mile 30, 31, I was like, I'm really dizzy. And that was when it started to get warmer. And I was like, I think I might pass out. Um, and that was like, and so luckily I was at the next aid station and they were there. And I said that to my coach and I was like, I think I might pass out. Like I'm really struggling. We didn't know that my sodium was that low. So I just pounded, pounded water, ate like probably three gels. I just like got as many calories in as I could. We swapped out my hat, put some ice in. And then I was just like, I'm going to keep going. And I like came out of it and I was great. And like for the next like 10 miles, I was great. I was proud of that. Um, and then I can talk about the next challenging part, which was later on, but that was like a big snafu that popped up, um, for me that I wasn't expecting. Um, and that I was so proud of myself for digging myself mentally out of that hole. Cause I was like, and I knew I was like, probably going to start like coming off of course record pace. So that was mentally also like a struggle, but something I was proud of because I got to mile 30, 31 feeling like that. And I was like, I have 20 more miles. Yeah, it's amazing. 20. Yeah. That's where your brain is just like, oh, so See, that was, yeah. I couldn't think like that. I, I learned my lesson from the first time. You can't think in terms of double digits. You have to think in terms of aid stations. And I, that changed my exactly. mindset for this course. Because I'll be like, oh, well, yes. we'll film a uh, aid station 1.9 miles away. Great. Next aid station, 7.3. Fine by me. Like it's all in single digits. You can count either mm -hmm. on one hand or two hands and you're done. Yep. But yep. <laughs> Speaking of the aid stations, what I found really intriguing uh, on the video was that, you know, I mean, not only, I mean, yes, like, you know, for you know a typical road race, you know, an aid station is a really long table and that awkward transition of trying to grab a cup and, and, you know, run and drink and, you know, and all that jazz. You know, so like I, I enjoyed like seeing like all the tents and stuff like that. And, you know, people like pulling out those like, you know, foldable and collapsible like uh, camping chairs and stuff like that. When it comes to trail running and ultra running, how much time do you take at an aid station? You know, like I, I was picturing something, be, you know, I would have to think that it's like somewhere between like obviously longer than a road race 
but shorter than like what our buddy Chad was telling us when you know when he did the, the you know the across the years where you know he had his gourmet grilled cheese you know made up for him <laughs> you know by by the chefs and stuff like that you know how much time you know do you get off your feet at all do you are you changing you know shoes or something like that because like I saw like you know you had to run through a lake and obviously running in damp shoes doesn't have you know doesn't need to be comfortable by any means whatsoever you know it's so like what's the timing you know what's the the mental process behind all of that I can tell you from just my perspective on it um I was I was going at as quick as I could get out of there so my hope my goal was originally that I would just I would swap my packs and then I would just grab water and take it at the aid stations. Like I was trying to spend as little amount of time at the aid stations as possible. Um, because I was obviously going for time and place. Um, but, um, I did have to like, let, I had to give that up a little bit because I, especially when I was feeling so crappy, I had to talk to myself of like, what's more important is me finishing this thing and actually getting myself back together more important than this time goal, which also is like, was an A goal because I didn't have any idea what a 50 mile was going to even feel like. So that was an ambitious goal anyway. So I had all these different scenarios like goals in my head that I was happy to like, that might relinquish, but if I don't get myself sorted here. So I spent a little bit more time because, um, then I probably would have getting ice and things like that from my, um, coach and, um, my crew. Um, but I thought I thought that I was going to experience the grilled cheeses and the whole thing. But um, I also didn't know where second place was. So I was like, I got to like, I got to get myself together and then I got to get out of here. So um, that was more my experience with the aid stations. But it is certainly, I mean, way longer than a road race for sure. Mine was a, a different situation um as I was focusing more it's it's funny because like with road racing I'm a lot faster but when it comes to trails I mean it's so different especially with all the elevation the different types of trails running through streams being out there longer conserving your energy so it becomes okay I'm one of the slower back of the pack kind of people um, with the trails so I was more concerned about cutoff times Uh, I wanted to give myself a good cushion. The first cutoff was at mile 25. The second one was around, gosh, I can't remember where the second one was. I think it might've been Madrone. Uh, But anyways, uh, I wanted to give myself such good cushion that by the time I got to the last A station, if I needed to walk the rest of it, I I could. I mean, I got, I was actually really proud because I got to the last A station and someone had asked, how much time do we have at this A station before the cutoff? Um, and they're like, you guys could sit here for an hour if you wanted to. Oh, wow. Said, wow. Oh, okay. That's, that's nice. And for the most part, I stayed at the aid stations, the other ones for maybe, I think one time was like one minute, two minutes. And then that last aid station, especially I was like, God, I'm hungry. I, I, I hadn't eaten as much as I possibly could. Like there was one point where I, I was holding a quesadilla for a good mile and a half, deciding if I was going to finish <laughs> eating it or not. <laughs> I gave up on it. And oh. then I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm hungry, but I feel like if I eat something, I'm worried that something else might happen. So I got to the last aid station and I sat there and I was like, you know what? She said, I had an hour. I waited 10 minutes. I had myself a um, PB&J, which by the way, that day was, you can judge me all you want. That was the first day I've ever had a PB&J sandwich. 
That was one of the That's questions amazing. I had. <laughs> I literally wrote that down. I was like, did she literally just say this was the first time she ever yeah, had a peanut butter that's and amazing. jelly yes, sandwich? I've had a jelly what? sandwich. I love jelly. But <laughs> peanut butter and jelly, I was like, God, that just sounds like a horrible mashup. I know people like this, I grew this, up but on I don't those. understand it. Me too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, and wait so afraid. you're having a sandwich with just jelly? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's how I grew up. <laughs> like my mom would bring me to McDonald's when I was little and I wouldn't eat the McDonald's food. She would pack me a jelly sandwich. <laughs> Is that right? I was a weird child. That's it's okay. <laughs> well, that no, was my great. first time eating that. No judgment. Well, and what was the other And what food? did you, ooh, tell us like what you, what would you rate the PB&J on the sandwich scale? Oh, <laughs> I think you saw my reaction in the video. I was like, it's fine. Nothing special, but it's not bad. <laughs> but I think at one of the aid stations after I had my first one, the PB and J, because I was one of the last people named, didn't make it fresh in that moment. Like the bread had been sitting out, it was so hard that I took a bite and I'm like, I had to chug some water with it, and so it just felt kind of mushy after I had to mix the water with the sandwich. So it kind of deterred me away. But I tried a third time, and the third time did it. So and I was at the last one, so last aid station. Not a girl, Jack. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks. Um, I wanted to. Um, I love that we've got like we. It's so fun because we ran the same race and it's different races. Um, which is so exciting because I think. Um, I don't know. This is just what I love about it. But I want to come back to what you said about. Um, no one was taking pictures and no one was soaking it up. Um, and I was like. I totally understand that. And that was something like people asked me a lot about that from Dopey was, um, well, it didn't, it stink that you didn't get to stop and take pictures with the characters. Like that's part of the experience, but you know, what's really cool for me that I, um, am working on is, so I also like, just so like, I am reinforcing that I'm in the same, I'm soaking up the same thing just a little bit differently is that, um, clearly like if you've got a tangle, if you're like got the job to do, right. Like things like that. Um, I am taking it all in mentally. Like that was something with Disney that it was my goal at the end of every race was to like, what can I remember about this? Like what things can I remember? And I did this, I did the same thing with this race. I was like, do not get so wrapped up in this thing that you're not remembering it. So it's for me, I'm almost taking mental snapshots of my experience. And there was one Mm -hmm. point we were in, like, we were on like the like ledge and we're in just like this open green field, lake, the lake is out in front. Like, and I just had this moment that I remember telling myself, you're at work right now. Mm. What a gift. Mm. Like. And I took, I have that mental snapshot burned in my brain of I'm like, I'm at work right now. I'm soaking this in. Um, I'm reading this book right now called Stolen Focus. And it's all about, I'm working on kind of, I'm using Sundays as this digital detox day because I feel like I'm noticing, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting like, I, next thing I know I'm nine hours on my phone or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, And I think there's something really cool. However it is for you to soak up your experience if it's those photos, cause it's reminding you to stop and stop and take pictures. Like we're not at the Olympics people, or if it's for you, that moment of, I'm going to mentally remember this moment, or I'm going to remember joy on the course or, you know, whatever that is. I think there's mm-hmm. just so many great ways that I hope people are doing whatever it is for them. That is their own memories of it and, and really enjoying the experience of it and not taking it so seriously, regardless of where you are in the mm-hmm. race. Well, it was interesting because I was smiling 
almost the entire time that I was on that course because it was such a big race that I had first watched on YouTube. Um, if you guys ever watch the videos from Billy Yang on YouTube, they're fantastic. And I saw him do a few videos of the Lake Sonoma and it was so gorgeous and beautiful. And I'm like, how can you not run this and not smile the entire time? And it almost took people totally. off of guard be- because at one point I'd be hi, you guys, good job. Like I'd be like really perky and happy. <laughs> and you could just tell they're like, what's going on? They're like, thanks. But you can see in their faces that they're just tired. Of, like, how do you have this much energy? Well, the funny thing is, is that the last uh, aid station where crew could be, um, it was Meadow Springs aid station or something like that. Um, I had left and um, my boyfriend was still there and somebody turned to him and she, they're like, she's in a good mood. <laughs> still got 12 miles left. He's like, yeah, this is her yeah. dream course. I mean, of course she's oh. in a good mood. And I just, I don't know. I, I love running. And I think that's why another reason was like, I didn't put headphones in because I didn't want to distract myself from the amount of fun and the thoughts that I was having during the race. And I wanted to enjoy every aspect of it, but totally. I love that. There was, I have to tell you guys something crazy. It was a holy 360 moment that I did not mention to anybody. Um, And I'm going to bring back Bryce Canyon for one second because of it connects with this. So the first time I did the 50 last May at Bryce, I had such a horrible time at the section of Red Canyon, which was between miles 32 to about 36 or so, or 37. I got to a point where I was so dehydrated. I had burned the side of my tongue with a salt tablet, so I couldn't eat anything. And I, I, I sat down on one of the hills and I about started crying and somebody had came up to me, gave me some of their water because I was sucking my water, but I was so dehydrated. I couldn't get in any electrolytes, nothing. And they handed me, um, what is it called? Apple, an applesauce, go squeeze. That changed the rest of my race for me. And it, it made me, helped me finish and everything because I was able to finally get something in me. Well, I packed one applesauce go squeeze in my pack and I hadn't used it the entire race in around mile I would say mile 43 there was this guy he was in a really bad spot he had to have been about 50 years old you can tell he's been doing trails I asked hey do you need anything he's like no I'm just I'm in a really bad place and he was leaning against up one of these like kind of hill parts and he's like I just got sick I can't get in any food and I was like well do you need anything? Do you want like a goo energy? And I offered him a few other things. He's like, no, I think I'm good. I was like, okay, just going to make sure you're doing this. You're almost there. So I get to the last aid station. I'm eating my food and whatnot, shoveling food in my face. And I see him come in maybe like five, seven minutes after me. And I said, how are you doing, dude? He's like, you know, I'm still, I'm still not too good. And I said, you know what? I have something for you. And I gave him that applesauce pouch that I had. And he had the night, like he had a smile on his face. And I said, I tell you what, this thing is a miracle worker. You go ahead and use this and it will change the rest of the race for you. You have five miles left. And he smiled and he would look so grateful. And after I had already finished the race, he saw me, pointed me out, and he ran over to me before he finished and gave me the biggest high five. And I was like, you did it, man. Like he was smiling the rest of the way. And it was a nice 360 moment because 
it was like, I know his situation. I was in it last time. And I was so happy that I got to be the person that helped me like someone helped me the first time. So I will forever carry a go-go squeeze in my pack. <laughs> you know what you should do from now on is write like a, write just like a, you're killing it or like something on your go-go squeeze, take it with you and like, mm, like imagine if you're that person that gets that. How cool is that? Like what a, that's, and I mean that right there, that's the trail world. That's exactly yeah. the trail world. Like, and I, and I sat there with him for probably, and like I said, I saw him five minutes after the fact that I had got in, I, he sat next to me at the picnic table for five minutes and I was watching him. I was like, okay, he's eating something. So it was kind of nice just chatting with him and talking with him, making sure he was okay before I left. And I was like, God, I hope he finishes, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, good for you. That's amazing. That's a great story, Jack. Thank you. (laughs) All right. I'm going to ask a question, please. Just general topic. This is grueling. How do you recover from something like this? I'm shocked. Um, I was talking with my coach today. Um, I I didn't feel too bad the day after. I mean, I was moving slowly. Um, I didn't feel too bad. And then Monday, Tuesday, so the race was on Saturday. Sunday, I didn't feel too bad. Um, Monday, Tuesday, I just felt wrecked. I just felt like just completely, almost mentally out of energy. I was just zapped mentally, physically, yes. Um, but mentally I was just like wiped out those two days. And then, um, I've had a ton of coaching last week and this week. So I've had just either really easy, easy, um, jogs or, um, lots of walking and I feel amazing. I'm kind of shocked. I'm like, I didn't expect this. And so my coach today, she had to um, talk me up a ledge and she was just like, remember, you're still not like, you're still taking this week either off or easy. Um, This is not like, because you feel great. We're still, your body's still repairing. We've got big training coming back up. But for me, it was um, clutch getting in calories right away afterwards and then um, staying moving the week, the week after. So um, I'm actually shocked because I've heard horror stories about um, 50s and I, this, but I'm also like, uh, I know how I felt after this. Hundreds are not in my future. <laughs> oh, so, no. I was going to um, ask yeah. that. Oh. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to cap it at 50. You say that now. <laughs> I know. I know. You know. Speaking of recovery, Brittany, I, I showed every single member of my family at Easter Sunday dinner your Instagram posts of you just, you know, highlighting, you know, those moments post-race of you, you know, sitting in the chair and then, you know, just, uh, you know, trying to, you know, walk it out. And then, you know, also the, the struggle to get up onto the podium and, you know, and needing the assistance. And my oh. family was just flabbergasted after seeing that post. And then Jack watching your video, it just like, like, even though I wasn't there, like I, I just felt like this immense sense of pride for both <laughs> of you. And you know, you know, you know, even getting like quasi like emotional, like you know, watching it, it just it, it, it's such an amazing accomplishment, and just to be able to to see that that pain, you know, post race, you know, just it really really hit home for me. So, um, you know, congratulations to both of you. Uh, well, thank you. Thanks. I think it's cool. That's something that all runners can relate to. It doesn't mean it doesn't take a fifty <laughs> to know that feeling post race where you're like, my legs, my collapse or fall off. Um, so I thank you. That means a lot. And I, I take a lot of pride in sharing those, um, sharing the behind the scenes stuff of like, yes, won the race is epic. 
whole thing, but oh no, I'm struggling. Um, and I feel like an old lady and, you know, um, so thank you. Um, and same kudos to you, Jack. I mean, that's like something that I think you feel that way after and you're like, did I, how, how, if I'm walking Mm, like this right now, how the heck was I just running, um, like five minutes ago? Well, it's funny. My wife made a comment while we were watching Jack's video that she kind of, you know, I mean, obviously, Brittany, I, I didn't get a chance to see, you know, your like, you know, finish line video, but but seeing Jax, my wife equated her crossing that finish line to a woman who does her <laughs> makeup right after giving birth, you know, so they can get the photos. You know, like she looked at me, she's like, "How does she have that look on her face?" You know, and now she's talking about that she's gonna go get go get pizza with David. Like she just ran fifty miles and. She shouldn't be acting like this. And I'm like, well, that's just her bubbly personality. And, you know, it's those endorphins that, you know, that hit you right at the end. But, yeah, it was just a it was a really funny uh, analogy for for her to make in that moment. The funny thing is, is I was doing great. You know how you're like your body's just on autopilot when you're doing any kind of long distance run. You're like, all right, my muscles know I got this much to go. And then, like, as I'm walking to the car with David after we're like, okay, we're getting pizza. We know we're going. This is great. We're going to order it. We were so excited. Um, I told David, I was like, hey, David, look at me. And I started like moving my legs, like jiggling, like (laughs) not jiggling, but you know, like dancing a little bit. It's like, look at this, look at this. I still, I still rock it. I get in the car. It's a 20 minute drive. We opened the door when I got back and I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) my muscles realized that it stopped. And her, I, I will tell you this. I've never had finished a race before where I got into bed, I was so exhausted, but couldn't sleep because my muscles hurt. And I couldn't use the bath bomb that I had brought from um, Florida. It was Pam's because there was no bathtub. And so I couldn't use anything to kind of relax. I mean, when I stood in that shower, though, there was so much dirt coming off of me. (laughs) It was insane. Uh, But yeah. Yeah, totally. (sighs) The worst part for me was um, after the race, like that night, my brain was still going because of the adrenaline. My, of course, my legs are really sore. But the worst part was every oh. time the sheet touched my toenails, it was so painful. Really? Like they had blood blisters underneath them. They're still <laughs> gnarly. Actually, I should post that picture. Everybody wants to see us. They're so gnarly right now. It's disgusting. Um, luckily, I mean, these little puppies have stayed intact. I haven't lost no fallen soldiers yet, but um, there was blood blisters underneath them and I didn't know it was happening and I couldn't see them because my toenails were painted. Um, and I was like, what is happening? Um, and it was just the pain of the uh, my toenails was actually the worst part for me. I think it was funny because the following day, we still had two more days. And so we drove to San Francisco the day after the race. We had that day of touring San Francisco and the day after touring San Francisco. And you want to talk about doing hills again. And I was just like, <laughs> I just did this. I don't want to oh, do that yeah. again. <laughs> but to, to get to some of the places, we had to walk to it. So it was just kind of oh, like, well. oh, <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> All right. One last question. One last question. And we can keep talking. I just only have one question left. Tell us about the, uh, you didn't get medals. Instead, you got. We got gigantic bottles of wine. There you go. This is also why I love trail running. I've not had a trail race that I've gotten a traditional award. Like I've gotten pickaxes, mining pans, um, bottles of whiskey, um, really fun stuff. Um, 
I wish that that could translate to actual money. Um, <laughs> just because, um, I'm happy with yeah. So uh, at least so everybody got a bottle of wine, and then um, for first we got a seriously it was like a double size gigantic bottle of wine. Um, oh, I saw a picture. Which was fun to try and bring back on the flight. Um, oh yeah, well, I imagine. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it was slightly great. disappointing because I was really hoping there'd be a metal. But it was fine. I would take, I'll take the bottle of wine. I told David, I was like, can we just NASCAR this thing and just shake it and just let it go? And he's like, no, 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 no. You just ran 50 <laughs> miles for this. You can't do that. <laughs> so we haven't opened it yet. But um, Oh, I was going to ask yeah, if they were yeah. still full. Yeah. They oh, are, yeah. huh? <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, do you want to drink it when we got I haven't like, drank no, mine yet 50 either. miles for it. He kept saying that. I was like, oh, you know, that's fine. I guess that is, it, it's my metal. I mean. So we had to do, this was really strange and I don't know what the protocol is with, um, you know, this distance or things like that, but at mile 45, it was a mandatory out and back. Um, you had to stop at the aid station to check in if you didn't do that. So it was a quarter mile downhill to check in at the aid station, quarter mile back uphill, and you had to check in. Otherwise there was a 15 minute penalty. Um, and clearly I was like, I don't want to do this, but I can't afford 15 minute penalty. Um, so I had to go back down, um, and then back up this hill. And, um, that was, I was coming out of that and second place was coming in and thank goodness I'm bad at math because in my brain, I was like, Oh, she's a quarter mile behind me. I have to go. Like, that's maybe a couple minutes. Like I have to go. Um, and I was like struggling so much at that point because, um, obviously like, far into the race. It's all uphill, but basically at this point. Um, so I just like, was like, you have to dig. And then I was like, you know what, if she can catch me, she can have it. Like she can have this. Like, I don't have anything left. Um, I thought that, and I was like, no, I have led this thing for 45 miles. I am going to dig and dig and dig. And I was like, whatever I can do to just keep grinding on the uphills and get a lead on the downhills. Um, and I think I was really proud of myself for that for that, especially just like being able to find that competitive gear once it got really hard. And once I had to make the choice to keep grinding. Um, so that was like the other mental win that I was really, really proud of was that I was like willing, to, I was able to keep finding that fight was really fun. I'm going to say it. That's the guts of a champion right there. I'm excited for longer distances. I, I have about three in mind. What's next for you, Jack? I could focus on getting faster with the 50-miler. Because, I mean, I know I haven't said it already. I kind of did. I had to be three hours faster this time. I was three hours and 20, no, three hours and 33 minutes faster than my first 50-miler. That's amazing. And I know That's that. Nice. That is so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. But it's like, I feel like, I know I could have been faster, I felt like, for this race. But I was so worried that I was going to hold myself I was holding myself back because I was worried about the second half because of what happened with the first 50 miler. I'm like, if I go too fast out, I'm going to die on the second half. And then I kept telling myself, be like, okay, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I realistically, that last A station, did I need to sit there for 10 minutes? No. <laughs> I, I could have. Yeah. But you know what? I didn't mind it because then I had that moment with that one guy. Yeah. That, that right. 360 moment. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm looking at really? either doing the Antelope Canyon 50 miler because uh, that course looks amazing. And it's not as hilly and I could probably train a little bit better around Florida. Um, where, but where is that, Jack? 
uh is it arizona or colorado okay I don't All know. Right, it looks like Dr. Works. Seuss made it, and it, that's why I want to run there. Granted, <laughs> I haven't researched anything else about it, but it just looks like Dr. Seuss made it. <laughs> um, but you could say, oh, here, let me explain why. Because you go into like these little winding canyons, and it's so close-knit that if you look up, it's so cool. It's like a little uh, little maze. I don't know. Um, but um, so there's that one. I'm looking at doing either the 100K Zion um, next April or doing, I loved Lake Sonoma. And if I could run it again, I would do it in a heartbeat, but I want to do the 100K. I just like bumping up the miles. I want to work my way to that 100 miler. I want to get a buckle. I want my first buckle. Oh, okay. Good for you. Um, you, you live that journey, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, what's next for you? Um, I have, I've got a really fun rest of my year, hopefully laid out. Um, I've got, I'm headed to France next month to race a 13K. <gasps> so really nice. random 13K and um, a relay um, in Annecy, France at the maxi race um, next month. And then, um, so my number one goal this year is um, to qualify for uh, for team USA for the world mountain championships. So, um, there are different ways to do that. So you can, um, do it by resume or, um, by qualifying races. So I'm going to race the 52 K at broken arrow in June is actually the 50 mile qualifier. And so I was very happy about that because I'm like, Oh, I'm happy to take on a 52 K, even though it's, um, a lot of vert versus having to do a 50 miler again. Um, and then, um, cause I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I want to get on the team no matter what distance. And I think that was really another reason I wanted to try to do the 50 at Sonoma was just, let's just see what this distance is like. Do I like it? Is it something I feel like I could be competitive in? Um, so that will be, so it's either the 50 mile team or the marathon team for, um, team USA. Um, and before I keep going, Jack, do you have something to say? I wanted to ask you, um, and I know that the Lake Sonoma series used to be a Western States 100 golden ticket. Was it the case this year no, or did they stop I don't doing think it? So. I don't think it was. Um, a lot of people asked me that and I was oh. like, it's not even on my radar. Cause I don't want any part of Western States. <laughs> 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 they, so when I won the Leadville marathon last year, you get, if you win the marathon or um, the 50 miler, you get um, a tote or you get a, like a coin for the hundred and they offer it to you at the awards and they were like, you know, like you, you earned the coin. Would you like it? And I was like, absolutely not pass along to someone else. No, thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. So I don't think it was this year, actually. Um, I think it would have probably attracted more runners, um, more elites, maybe if yeah. it were, I'm saying that with zero knowledge. So I don't think so. Um, I think they switched it to the hundred K since the inaugural was this past September. Perhaps. Yeah. You'd probably know more than I do. Um, I don't know actually. So, um, uh, yeah. It's so, so cool for you. <laughs> oh man. Maybe, maybe one day, like at this point, I'm definitely not like saying no to anything. Eventually I'm sure I've yeah. got some time in my future, but I think I'm just really enjoying, I really enjoy this training 
between the marathon and the 50 mile, I'm really enjoying those distances and the challenges. And um, I think it suits my speed well. And um, because also my big goal next year, um, I do need to get another Olympic trials qualifier in um, because I am planning to go back to the Olympic trials in 2024 for the marathon. So um, my, my plan this year is like, I really want to make team USA for worlds this year, which are in November. Um, I hope to take a break and then, um, I'd like to do a spring marathon next year, spring road marathon. Um, it's challenging training. I don't know how it is for you, but out here in Colorado, it's really challenging to train even remotely get on trails in the springtime because it's just so, um, the conditions are, I mean, there's still so much snow and you can't get up in high country. So, um, I've, I enjoyed it. Like I trained for my first 50 K last spring and it was, it was also challenging, great, but challenging. But um, I think I'd probably like to stick to the road um, just next spring um, and just use that trail fitness coming off of that. I think the conflict between doing, I hate calling it shorter distances because they're not, like the conflict whether or not you want to go speed versus distance. And it's weird because I feel like on my calendar, I will have all the races, like the 13 milers, the marathons, they're all in the fall. And then I don't find anything like that I'm really, truly in love with quite in the spring. So then I'm like, well, there's the ultras. But it's like if you switch up the training, it's like I always want to get better. But if you're trying to do speed, you got to really focus on the speed and stick to the roads versus the trails. At least that's what I've noticed with myself. Ah, gotcha. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I'm finding finding, um, that it's a mix. And I'm finding that like, that's what I, I think that's what uh, deterred me from trail originally is I thought that the speed would go away and I thought that I wouldn't be as fast. Um, but I think that's something I'm like, oh, like I get to blend it all and it. I get to keep it because I do enjoy that. Um, so uh, yeah, but I think it just depends on person to person and, um, you know, what, what works in your training and stuff like that. But I've luckily been enjoying um, keeping it all kind of in the mix. And that was something I was, I didn't want to do the longer distances. Cause I was like, I don't want to go slow, but you're not going slow. Like you're still going, you're still moving, you're still going in and, and there's still so much aspect of speed. So that's, what's like really exciting and fun for me right now is I think it's this kind of perfect little world for me that I'm just soaking up that it's so challenging, but in so many different, different ways. And so many things get to be a mix of it versus sometimes I feel like road, it's just speed which isn't totally the case, but sometimes it just feels like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just love running just like you. I'm like, yeah. let's just, let's just <laughs> run all the time in all the places. That's great. So, so Brittany, you didn't have to uh, get in the queue to register for Dopey this morning and never mind. That's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so many of the runners were texting like, like hitting, hitting refresh and trying to um, get the, get in and then the, I heard that like yeah you heard about it huh internet, um and uh yeah no luckily and I I won't do dopey again um next year um but um yeah I hope that everybody was able to get and I heard it was kind of crazy some of us did some of us didn't oh. and it was crazy yeah yeah but I, I that's just an aside I was yeah. just joking <laughs> hey I had I had one more thing and I'm listening to both of you and it's been wonderful one of the things that, and I saw some other videos showing this Lake Sonoma Trail, neither one of you mentioned the amount of climbing in this thing, but to me, it was ridiculous. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 10,000 feet. So and they called it relentless. Um, and I'd heard that when I was researching it is I mean, that's their slogan that they happily put right as you register um, is it's relentless. Um, and then looking at the course, it looks like a heartbeat monitor. It's literally just like up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, yeah, I had, I don't know how, I'm interested to hear how you train Jack. Um, I had um, trained a lot. I just was um, after the Olympic trials, the Olympic trials course was hilly, which is now really funny to me. Cause I'm like, Oh, these, these poor little baby <laughs> hills, those were nothing. Um, but when I had trained for trials, um, I just told myself that it was going to be my goal to be a beast on Hills, like bring them at me. I'm going to hit them. Like, so I just like, I, I go out on, um, random runs. Like if I'm just doing easy runs or anything like that, I go hill hunting. So if there's yes. a hill I see, I just go like, I'm, there's never going to be a hill I don't run. Or if there's like a crazy hill that just seems absurd to run up, I'm going to do it. Um, and so I had prepped for that personally, like I'd done some big climb days. Um, and then I'd also done just rollers. Like I just tried to do as many runs as I could just on rollers, just to get used to the Cause there, I mean, there was a couple big climbs, but it wasn't overall, it wasn't crazy big climbs. It was just like continuous rollers. Um, so for me, that's how I trained. And, um, once we got past the like 30 mile mark where we had the big climbs done or wherever that was, it was just kind of like, okay, just keep finding that, that gear that you can just keep, keep working on the rollers, um, knowing that you didn't have the giant climbs coming. Um, I don't know, Jack, how did, did you train any different or do you have any other thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I want to recommend to people, don't do what I did the first time and use a book as your guide to train you. It has good information, but when it has the schedule of what you should be doing, I mean, everybody's different. So <laughs> I'm very happy that I got Coach Twigs to make a schedule for me that was more personal to what I'm capable of. Um, but yeah, Kennesaw Mountain in Georgia, that mm. thing was very helpful because the first um, literally you start climbing the first moment. It's a 17 mile loop. And, um, the first mile is about 900 to a thousand feet of elevation. So then I would do the loop and the, it would, you would get about maybe 20, no, 2000, just over 2000 feet of elevation gain in the thousand or sorry, in the 17 mile loop. Um, and then what I did on my last run, I did 10 miles in the morning. I went, um, on the trails and I went back and then I reversed what I did. Instead of doing the mountain at the beginning, I went and went backwards and did um, the end of the trail, then turned around and came back to do the last 1,000 feet of elevation gain so that I knew what it felt like to feel extremely, not extremely tired, but as tired as I could be to climb up that thing and then run back down it and get used to that kind of thing. Because running down hills is not as easy in some ways oh, no. as I thought it would be. You have to protect yourself especially when they're very steep. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I almost face plant planted myself during the race. <laughs> but almost <laughs> is the operative word. Yeah. You didn't. That's the important no, part. I was, I was about a foot away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad you feel that way. You know, you're welcome back anytime. I hope you know that. Oh, well, thank you guys again for having me. This is so fun. Um, and I, it's fun to get to share uh, the experiences and hear your side, Jack. And um, I hope you know how proud I am of you. I think that it's, it's like, what an accomplishment, right? Like that is, <laughs> that is a distance that not many people would tackle. Honestly, I didn't want any part of it. And yeah, yeah. Like there's, 
like I keep telling people and they just say, I can't wrap my brain around it. And I'm like, Oh, I get it. Um, so really great job. Like how epic and way to enjoy it and keep putting that energy out there. And I'll be cheering for you. Whatever race you decide next to do, I will be cheering for you. Um, and I will cheer you on double hard when you make your hundred. I will, um, like I said, not be participating, but I'm sending you all my joy. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. No, but a huge congrats to you. First place. That's so insane. And your first 50 miler. Like when I saw you pass me, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I think I was so ecstatic for you. And uh, you, you know, I'm already a fan. So. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. So as much fun as that was, I still want to finish with our traditional race report. Let's take a look at who ran last week. We already talked about our Boston marathon runners. Congratulations to them one more time. Um, last week, our buddy Joe ran the first choice pregnancy 5K. I saw some photos of Joe finishing that one. Margaret ran the run for the Angels 5K at the Orlando Executive Airport in Orlando. I don't recall seeing any photos on that. And Alan up in Newport, Rhode Island, ran the Road Races Newport Half Marathon. Congratulations all running this week. Schedule picks up a little bit again now that we're out of the Easter holiday. We have the Simply IOA Corporate 5K in Orlando. Margaret's getting to be almost as active as Joe. Not quite, but almost. Anyway, Margaret's out there again. Good luck, Margaret. Uh, Oh, our friend from the Netherlands, Laura. Laura is doing a two-mile walk in her hometown of, and Laura, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this, but Enshada or Enshada in the Netherlands. This is a big deal. Laura is returning to running and to walking after having a baby just a few months ago. Her baby's name, Walt. <laughs> the Honey Run 5K in Denton, Denton, Texas. Caroline's running that. The Choose to Move, it says 10, I don't know if it's 10 miles or 10 kilometers in Fishers, Indiana. My bad, Jeff. I didn't copy it down, but Jeff's running there. Uh, DTR trail race in Jonathan Dickinson State Park in Florida. Bonnie's doing that. It's a half marathon distance. That's Bonnie's second trail race in the last couple of weeks, I believe. And the German Fest 5K, and I may butcher this one too. I think it's Munster, Texas. Caroline's running there. Gang, it's been a long one tonight, but it's been a heck of a lot of fun. We started kind of, <laughs> we started talking about uh, our travails of the day, but we finished with a great race report and a great interview. And always wonderful to talk to our friend Brittany and Jack. We as a gang are so proud of you for you, the two of you made that sound like it was easy. Watch some of the videos. That was a terribly challenging run. And I think that's awesome. Okay, my friends, that brings episode 28 of the Rise and Run podcast to a close. Hope you're still getting out there and hitting the road, getting some training miles in. Uh, I hope you got some races coming up in the future. We want to hear about them. And we know that 
our big events at Disney are over for a couple hundred days, but there's always something to do. Have fun. We're glad you joined us. Until we meet again, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.